I felt it important to discuss the topic of real authority today. And what I mean by real authority is when you and I look around us in the situation and the circumstances that we are really entrapped in at this time of our lives, where there's so much brutality by governments all across the world that people are forced into submission when people are out on streets, when they don't wear a mask, they are just forced to do it. And many people do that because they they really fear what's going to be done to them by government. And the government on the other side, or on the other hand, they also push a, a fear narrative. So they're really imposing more and more fear on people about the, the so-called disease, but then they also applying a lot of pressure and a lot of fear on people. If you do not submit, we're going to do this and this on you. And some of these things that are being imposed on people like you and me is really severe. People are, are being punished by incredibly large uh, fines. People are even incarcerated. They're being thrown in jail. And there's a lot of stuff that's been happening and people are even intimidated in many cases, really like in communist countries. So we're going to look at this topic and I encourage you to just stay connected and stay tuned until right after the intro where we're going to delve deeper into this interesting topic. Welcome to the Rise and Shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be. The show is proudly brought to you by Sunshine Harvest. And now, let's move on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Rise and Shine show. As you know, my name is Yanni. And uh, as we just mentioned in the intro, we are dealing on uh, this very interesting topic of real authority. And what I'm specifically going to talk about today is subjection or submission. Now, there's a a very big uh, sort of question in people's minds today how should they handle this submissive thing that that governments are putting on them and especially as believers in the body of Christ many people refer to the scripture in Romans 13 verse 1 that says let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there is no power but of God the powers that be are ordained of God so people take that and they say, doesn't matter what the government does, we have to obey them. But now I want to take you to a little bit of a different scenario. We'll dig into the meaning of the word subjection and submission in, in, a, in a moment. But what does this really mean to you and I? A government is really people that are employed by the people of the nation. Because they are voted into position and then they are put into position to perform certain tasks. They are paid for it. In many cases, they demand, uh, you know, very well-paid jobs. And that's what they get for this task that they, that they have to perform. But there's something wrong when you and I have a business and I employ someone to help me to do certain things in my business. And now all of a sudden, this employee turns around and this employee starts enforcing me to do things that 
I have to do because he wants to do things and they see things in a different light to me. And I think you will you will agree with me. If that's the case with your business or my business, we're seriously going to look at this issue and we're going to terminate these people. So why do we keep on submitting ourselves to uh, to these authorities if they are not acting in a way that's proper and in a way that they are really legally authorized to do? Now, let's look at a, at a different scripture here as well. In 1 Peter um, chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, Peter says in this chapter where he says, God has really given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Now, in verse 13, he says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him, by God, for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Now, there is the word submission or submit. I, I agree. But did God ever give any government the permission or the authorization to forcefully subdue its people and not help its people to perform what they're supposed to do? That's just the question. You have to decide that for yourself. But now let's go back to, to Genesis 1, where we basically got the mandate from God or the purpose that God created mankind. Now, whether you're a believer or whether you're not a believer, it doesn't matter because this is important to you as well. And you are subject to the same things than everybody else is subjected to. And in Genesis 1 verse 26, God said something here. He says, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let man rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, I don't know whether you noticed, but there's nowhere in that verse of scripture is man noticed uh, or mentioned once that man must be ruled over. God has given creation for us as mankind to rule over. I'm not supposed to rule over you. You're not supposed to rule over me. But when things get ups, turned upside down, then the opposite obviously is going to happen. Now let's look at uh, Genesis 1 verse 28. God blessed man and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Subdue the earth, not people. And rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. There again, in that verse, we see the same thing. God never called man to rule over another man. And that's where all the problems occur. For example, right in the beginning when um, Cain and Abel, Cain didn't like what his brother did. He wanted to overpower his, his brother and eventually killed his brother. And that's where a lot of these things started happening. Uh, well, even before that, with, with Adam and Eve, where the, 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 the devil came and he lied to them. He basically overpowered them with lies and he said, give me your authority. 
give me all the power that you have. And he swindled it away from them. And that's what's been happening in the world also today. Now, we're going to go back now and we're going to look at at this uh, two words of subjection and submission. Now, it's very important to note these things because as as I shared with you there, God says we have to submit ourselves to the Lord and for the Lord's sake to every human institution. So we have to submit ourselves. Now, subjection, which is the word that is used in Romans 13 verse 1, says the following. Subjection is the act of a ruler to force obedience. Never did God really say that a ruler is supposed to force obedience on people that are obedient to the government, good people. There's only a few things that uh, a government is supposed to do. Let me just see whether I can find it here. Oh, maybe I didn't put it here. But the government is basically just uh, allowed, or that's their task, is to look after the people's, um, that the people are safe, and if there are objects or subjects that causes people's safety to be uh, impacted, to remove them. That's the only things that government are really supposed to do. So if your government is not just doing that, if there's a lot of other stuff, then we have to go and look, but why are they doing all these other things? Why they, are they imposing all these different rules and regulations and laws on you and I? It's because you and I have empowered them. Through lies, we have just, just like in the beginning, just like Adam and Eve, legally we started giving them powers that they were never entitled to have. So it's actually our own fault. But that's not what I'm going to deal with today. We're going to deal with that in a, in a future podcast because that's also very important because I can tell you a bunch of stuff here that's wrong and all that. And that's not what you want to know because you know that anyhow. But what are the solutions? And this is why I'm giving you some of these things so that you can really think to what extent do we have to uh, obey what these authorities, what these uh, worldly governments are imposing on us uh, as it is today. Okay, again, subjection is the act of a ruler to force obedience. The ruler uses fear or force or intimidation to break the will of the people so they eventually surrender to him. They give up, the people give up and wave the white flag. They've been conquered. They are now in subjection to the leader. Now I want you to just let your mind go a little bit. If you're uh, much younger or still at a, a fairly young age, you might not be able to think so well, but I'm going to give you a few hints. When you look at some of the countries that are subjected to communism or that were subjected to communism, doesn't this sound familiar? And today we're talking about socialism. Certain countries embrace socialism. And the word social sounds very great because the word social is tucked in there. But if you and I are going to look and we delve a little bit deeper and to go and look and see what socialism really is, then we realize, but it's not really social. It means 
that one body, which is the government, owns everything, they control everything. Is that what you want? Is that what I want? It's not being social. No, 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 it's not. To the contrary. This is what socialism is, what we're basically seeing all around us, whether it's in the US, whether it's in Canada, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in many of the African countries and other countries all across the world. That's socialism because they force the people with fear, intimidation to break their will. If you step out of line, they beat you. And take a dog, if you beat a dog enough, that dog is going to become so fearful and so timid, you're going to break its will. It's, it, it won't, when you, when it sees you, it'll just cringe away. It'll just, or run away with its legs between, uh, it, its tail between its legs. That's what happens when you put something into subjection. But now look on the other hand, submission, because that what, what's God really uh, what his purpose really is. And that's what he said. Submission is the act of someone who acknowledges legitimate authority and willingly arranges himself or herself accordingly. Submission is voluntary and it's never forced. Submission is responding to the divine order of things in the heart and then in the life. That is so important that you and I understand this. Can you see now the difference between uh, the, the forceful subjection that we are imposed under? And this is what, what worries me so many times when people say, especially believers, they say, but we have to be subject to, to the government. But they don't really know what that means. They don't understand this. And they say, yeah, but it's done for our own good. There are too many discrepancies that, are, that we can really say, but what they are doing is for our good. Now, I'm not a rebel against government necessarily, but the fact is that most governments all across the world, most governments, I'm not saying all, but most governments all across the world, the people have submitted their will to these governments, they surrendered their will to these governments. I don't know whether you know this. The first schools, for example, in, in the United States, the first universities, thousands of them have been uh, brought to, together or have been uh, established by Christian people, by the church. That's how everything started. Even the schools in the United States, there's a little book that I have the privilege of having a, a copy of. It's called The New England Primer of 1777. And you know, that little book uses the Bible, the Word of God, to teach every single child right from the moment they go to school, throughout school. That's what they teach to, and, and, and those times taught the children. It's amazing. If you can uh, want to go and do a search on the internet, you can you you'll find uh, copies of of some of these these primers. It's called uh, it's pronounced primer, but it's uh, it's called the New England basically primer. And but go and look at this at this little booklet, and you will be amazed how they taught the children. And what amazed me of that, all the people are taught the same thing. 
So there's unity among the people. The people all understand what is being taught and what is being talked about. So the people that is then elected into government, those people were also trained and and educated on the same basis, on these same principles that everybody understood, that everybody agreed with. And that that was so interesting to me when I saw that. But, you know, let's move on a little bit and uh, look at, at um, as a believer, as, as our uh, example and our leader. Let's take a look at Jesus. You know, Jesus was not a rebel. Jesus even said, he said, the law not, will not pass away or will be taken away until every jot and tittle has been fulfilled. So Jesus was not in rebellion against God's law because when God put laws in place, for example, the, I'm, I'm not only talking about the Ten Commandments, I'm talking at, at other laws because there's a lot of laws at play. If I'm forceful and I'm rude to people, I'm going to get the same back. That's quite why God says, love your neighbor. He says, don't be rude to people. So there's a reason why he said it. So it's a law that comes into effect, which you and I can control in the sense of obeying it. But when we over, override that rule, then we're just going to get what we basically what we sowed. And I know people using that in a negative sense most of the time, and I'm not. Because if you sow good things, if you're good and kind to people, that's what you're going to get. You might get the other side as well. But most of the time, that's what you're going to get. So, but just back to Jesus. Now, specifically in Matthew 12, Jesus and his disciples were hungry. Or his disciples were hungry, it actually says. So they went into a wheat field and they, they picked some of, the, some of the wheat and they were rubbing it out between their hands. And the, I think it was the Pharisees that saw them, these legal people or the governmental people of the time. They came to Jesus and he said, you know that stuff is not lawful what you're doing or what your people are doing. You're not allowed to do that. And then Jesus started sharing with him. And he says, you know what? Look at David. David, when he was hungry, he went to the temple, he got the show, or, or to the tabernacle, he got the showbread, and he ate some of the showbread, and he was not allowed to do it. And all his men ate of it as well, and they didn't die. Because God is a compassionate God, and God understands certain things. It's not that God breaks rules. No, he doesn't. Never. But that was the principle that Jesus counted them on. And then right after that, Jesus went into the temple. Now look what happened here. They tried to trick Jesus. And I'm telling you, today these people are being, uh, trying to trick you and I because they know we do not understand the scriptures, neither do we understand the power of God. Now you can go and look for the scripture. It's in, it's in uh, the book of Matthew. I think it's Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. Where Jesus himself says, he says, you make mistakes because you do not know the, the scriptures, neither do you know the power of God. And this is something that you and I really have to take note of. Because if, if we are being tricked and if we make mistakes, then that's the reason why. 
Now, what happened here in the temple, there was a man with a withered hand. And immediately when the um, Pharisees saw this, they were looking for a, uh, just a way to trick Jesus and to get Jesus to, um, to seize him, to arrest him so that they can kill him. They wanted to do this all the time. So they, they came to Jesus and they said to Jesus, listen, uh, is it lawful? Listen to their words. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And they only did it because they wanted to accuse Jesus. And this is what Jesus answered them. He says, what man is there among you who has one sheep? And if that sheep falls into a pit on the Sabbath day, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Now remember in those days, they were not allowed to do any work on the Sabbath day. Now Jesus, the Son of God, who walks here in the guise of, of, of the flesh of, of a man, he says, but you guys, if one of your animals fall into a pit, are you going to leave it there until the next day? And you're not going to take it out? He says, so if you then, who is much better than a sheep, therefore, it is, is it, uh, no, sorry, Jesus says here, I'm going to recap, yeah? He says, then how much better is a man than a sheep? So if someone has a problem, how much better is it then to tend to this person, this man, so that this man can, can live? And he says then to them, he says, therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Can you see how Jesus counted this in a, in a very uh, kind of in a, in a loving way? And this was very interesting to me when I, when I saw this, because now we can understand and we can see that Jesus himself was subjected to these things and he was always being taken on, on legal issues. And he didn't go about and he, he uh, got people with weapons together and they started fighting against these other people. He fought in a different way, he fought in a spiritual way, but also he did not just submit to all their uh, cruel laws and stuff that they try to impose on him and on the other people. So that's a very important uh, thing to, to note here. And there are many other examples as well. Because Jesus, uh, where was, um, he died, he was buried, and the grave was, uh, was also sealed there. And because this seal can also be ascribed or um, we can also see that as a, as a law because they uh, were afraid that Jesus' followers were going to come and roll the stone away in front of this grave, the stone grave, and they were going to come and take him out. And I don't know exactly what happened there, but this is what, um, what they then did because they wanted to make sure, ensuring that a law protects these things. And God came, sent his angels on the third day, the morning of the third day, and these angels came and they rolled the stone away. So they basically just abolished that law. And I'm not saying just go and abolish all these laws. That's not what I'm saying. 
you need wisdom. But I'm just empowering you today so that you can also hear and understand the other side, God's side from this. Because it's it's not only you, and like I said in the beginning, it doesn't matter whether you're a believer in Jesus Christ or whether you're not, you're also subjected to this, every single person. And it's basically the church of Jesus Christ that's responsible for this mess that we're in. And you may agree with me or you may not agree. It doesn't matter at this time. But just listen to some of my messages in the series and then you will understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. Because we were so focused on our own little world and our own little buildings and our own little homes that we did not follow God's purpose. There where God says right in the beginning. He says he made us so that we can multiply. And that doesn't mean to go and have babies. That multiply means to produce something. And then we had to produce this, whatever God uh, gave you, whether you're a businessman or whether you're a farmer, it doesn't matter. Take that, multiply it, and then distribute it, and then dominate that area of your expertise. There's no nothing wrong to dominate something, but not people. We're not supposed to dominate people. And so we can go on and on. The, the, the last thing that I'm going to share with you here is um, in the... Yeah, let's do the, the commissioning of the disciples as well in Matthew 28, verse 16. So the 11 disciples, they were on their way to Galilee, uh, to the mountain which Jesus directed them, and Jesus met them there on the road. So he appeared to them. And they they immediately, when they saw him, they worshipped him and some of them doubted a little bit. They didn't know whether this was really Jesus. But now, listen to what Jesus is saying here. He says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So Jesus has all the authority. But then he transfers that authority to the born-again believer. And he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And this is why I said a few moments ago, and here you can get a little bit of a glimpse of the answer already when I said to you, we were so focused on our own stuff. Yes, we wanted to evangelize and all that, but it's also in all, uh, almost always it was individuals. We, we're so happy if we can share the, the gospel with a person, which is fine. It's perfect. However, Jesus said we have to go and disciple all the nations. And there's a specific structure and strategy which uh, we are compiling a course now, which we, which we can also going to put out soon so that you can also understand how to do that, how we can correct the things that we haven't done up to now that God really wants us to do. So that is just very important there with Jesus just say, said there, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this thing also we need to do, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And then Jesus said, Amen. So this I share with you so that you can also see and understand that Jesus has, has given the authority to people, not to governments. 
He's given us the authority to put people in place for certain tasks and certain jobs that they have to do, but never for those people to overpower us with fear, to just force us into stuff that, that is illegal, that is this cruel. You know, there's so many people. I, I, I um, listened to, to one of our friends the other day. Her son is a medical doctor. He's a plastic surgeon. And he said, they don't have much work. He says, but the, the psychologist, he says, they are swamped. And why are they swamped? It's because so many people, doesn't matter whether it's children, whether it's young people, whether it's older people, middle-aged, older people, these people are so fear-driven. They sit and they're isolated. And it's it's criminal almost to the point where, where, where these things are today. And it's, it's not cool. It is not cool. The last example that I'm going to use here, and I mean, there's tons. We can, we can go through the Old Testament. We can go through the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you can go and take a look at, at the book of Esther, where the entire Jewish nation was going to be destroyed. And with one man and with one woman, Esther, Queen Esther, and Mordecai, her cousin, this whole thing was overturned because people were in the right position at the right time. So what I'm really saying through that is, I believe Christians are not in the right position because we've sort of abdicated our authority to to others, to institutions or to whatever, to do whatever they want to do. But anyway, more on that because I, I don't want to get sidetracked on that now. Now, like I said, the last example that I'm going to give you here is from Acts chapter 4. Now, this is where... And this is uh, just after the outpouring of the of the Holy Spirit, and Peter and John walked, and they um, uh, there was this one man that was healed, and the the rulers did not like what they saw because they didn't want to this what they called a cult. They didn't want this cult of Christ, of Christians. They didn't want to. Um, acknowledge that and they didn't want to allow that to continue because they thought these people are going to um, oust them basically as the leaders which they didn't really have a place to, to be or to stand but God was never going to get involved with, with, with their stuff. They had a choice and they had to submit or reject what was brought to them. But anyway, they didn't like what... Um, what Peter and John was doing, and so they arrested them. And when they arrested them, they brought them before the before the um, the council, and they said to them, "Listen, we don't want you to speak in this name ever again." And it's very interesting what um, what Peter said there. He says in verse eight, Acts four, verse eight, he says. And it says here also, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, which you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. And then he goes on and he explains a little bit more about the Christ. And um, 
So they did, obviously they didn't like that because Peter was really, really, really stepping on their toes. And um, let's just go on here in verse... Uh, let me just check here in my Bible. So the uh, this council came together and they basically said to themselves, said, for an extraordinary miracle has been performed by these guys, by Peter and John. It's plain to all the, the residents of Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. So they knew it. They couldn't even deny that. But in order that it may not spread further among the people and the nation, let us warn and forbid them with a stern threat to speak any more to anyone in this name. And then they summoned them and they said to them, you're not allowed to speak in this name again. But now listen what uh, Peter and John replied. He says, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than God, you must decide. You must judge over that. We leave that over to you. And he goes on, he says, but we ourselves cannot help telling what we have seen and what we have heard. So what this council did, they ordered that uh, Peter and John, they, they lashed them, they flogged them, and then they commanded them, you will never preach in this name again. But now I want you to see what, what happened here. So they went back um, to their own company, Peter and John, and they told all the chief priests what uh, all the chief priests and elders had said to them. And listen to what they're saying here in 20, verse 24. And when these people heard it, they lifted their voices together with one united mind to God and said, O sovereign Lord, you are he who have made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them. Who by the mouth of our forefather David, your servant and child, said through the Holy Spirit, Why did the heathen rage? And the people imagine and study and plan, and plan vain things. The kings of the earth took their stand in array for attack, and the rulers were assembled and combined together against the Lord and against his anointed. Now, I'm, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Now, this was quoted from Psalm 2, verse 1 and 2. But I'm reading Acts 4, verse 25. Now, um, and 26, now verse 27. For in this city, they actually met and plotted together against your holy child and servant Jesus, whom you consecrated by anointing both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and peoples of Israel, to carry out all that your hand and your will and purpose had predestined. And now, Lord, observe their threats and grant to your bond servants, to your people, full freedom to declare your message fearly, uh, fearlessly. And this is really what they, what they asked. They said, Lord, give us boldness to speak more. So these churches that are being harassed and being closed, stand up, speak out uh, without fear. I've spoken to several people and they said, how can we do that? They're going to throw us in jail. And I said, 
okay, it's probably not nice. I've never been subjected to that. But do we really have to submit to all these um, these threats? I don't think so. Your decision. And listen what happened here. In verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to cure and perform signs and wonders through the authority and by the power of the name of your holy child and servant Jesus. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with freedom and boldness and courage and that is really where i'm gonna conclude today i think from this portion of scripture here from act four you will see when something comes up against us especially as believers we've got the authority i almost want to say we've got the mandate we have to come to god humble ourselves before god and say lord what do you want us to do so that none of these things that being forced on you and I can have effect. It's not right. It shouldn't be. And we have to get into the place where we're supposed to be, where God wants us to be. God says you you separate or you um, in the world, but you're not from the world. You and I do not understand this. I promise you. Please listen to where to me what I'm saying. Subscribe to to this podcast. I'm 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 bringing out daily podcasts now every second day, as as uh, many as I can, because I I really have this unction and this compelling in my in my heart that we have to empower each other. I need what you have, so share what you have. Share it with me, and share this message with family members and friends. And and please, if um, if God lays it on your heart, donate. Help us to get this message out to as many people as possible. We're also starting a a news channel where we're also going to put out news, uh, short news clips where people can find more information through links and so on. But we really need to empower people so that they can get the truth and not just to stand up and fight and, you know, in in an ugly and a worldly way. That's not what I'm saying. But even if we all stand together and you get into position, if you have been called and you have been purposed to be in politics, we want to be here to help you. We want to be here to encourage you. We want to be here to, to educate you, to enable you to do what God called you to do. And if you have a problem with politics, then I'm just going to ask you this question. I said I'm not going to go here, but I'm just going to, this is the, the last <laughs> Let me ask you this way. Do you have a problem if a Christian goes in business? Most probably not. Do you have a problem if a Christian becomes, say, for example, uh, an ambassador at a foreign country? Most probably not. Now, why do you have a problem then with people in politics, politicians, who are in positions where they have to, now listen to this, where they have to put policies together that are righteous, that are for the people and not against the people. That's what a politician is there for. 
Just listen to the words. Politician, politics, policies. They are there to put the right policies, godly policies in place. And then the police is, are the ones who will police this and help, help to roll that out and help to empower the people to do what they need to do. Isn't that interesting? So with that, and on that high note, I'm really going to leave you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to chatting with you in the next podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise and Shine show today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.